Stroud watching for the end zone. Jump ball. Touchdown, Smith and Jigba. Are you kidding me? Fourth and five, the national championship on the line right here. He's going for the corner. Two hundred miles of heartland separates the two biggest rivals in American sport. It's finally here: the game, Ohio State versus Michigan, Ryan Day versus Jim Harbaugh, C.J. Stroud, Blake Corm, and for the first time in four years, the game returns to the banks of the Olentangy in the Horseshoe with some of the biggest stakes this story rivalry has ever seen. Most both teams are undefeated at eleven and zero, each with a Heisman contender leading the charge. Everything is on the line in Columbus in this winner-take-all edition of the game. So let's get right to the show. This is the Saturday Cadence podcast presented by the Silver Bulletin. Blake Biscardi and Dave Worth, I'm with you. Dave, it's finally here, man. The game week in the preseason, we peeked ahead and thought there was potential for an undefeated showdown, and that's exactly what we have on our hands. Number two versus number three, as the greatest rivalry in sports returns to its rightful place on the biggest stage in college football. Feels like 2006 in here. Yeah, the number one rivalry in the sport is back. And, you know, it's really exciting to have this game in Columbus. Like you mentioned, it's been four years. Um, so really an excellent atmosphere set up here for Saturday. You got all the major shows in town as usual. So I expect Columbus to be rocking. Absolutely. It's crazy to think about that it hasn't been in Ohio, in Columbus, in four years. Because of the COVID year, the game got canceled. And then it's been in Ann Arbor in the odd year. So, yeah, first time in four years, that place is going to be loud. You're going to be able to hear it from everywhere in the United States on mm-hmm. Saturday. Mm-hmm. But um, this game has about as much tradition as you could possibly have. To you, what makes this rivalry so special? I mean, they've been doing it for, you know, 100 years, more than 100 years now. Um, there's been so many conference championships and national championship implications uh, on both sides, Ohio State's had some wins that have knocked Michigan out of national championship games. Michigan's had some wins that have knocked Ohio State out of national championship games. And, you know, every time these two teams play, it doesn't matter how good they are. You know, it could be 11 and over, so and 11, and you would still expect a close game just because of how these teams play and the hatred that is shown on both sides um, and all throughout the state. So, you know, it just seems like it's, it's you know, you see other rivalries in college football and there's some other really good ones, but it just seems like this one takes it to a higher level. And there's a reason why people all over the world know that Ohio State-Michigan is the rivalry. Yeah. I mean, every time you play this game, records get thrown out the window. Even if they're both 11-0 and or they're both 0-11, like you said, records are thrown out the window. Everything is on the field. It's a different atmosphere. It's a different toughness. It's a different grit. It's a different feel. And this game is more than just three and a half hours of football on one Saturday a year. It's a lifestyle. It's a way of life for people. It's almost a religion in some places. I mean, there's not going to be a visible M on campus in Columbus this week at all. You're going to see the red X's through it. That tradition is really cool. They don't even wear blue. They don't even say the word of of Michigan. And it's it's the best rivalry in sports. And it's incredible when you see it take this stage. And honestly, we'll get to this later in the show, but College football is changing. The playoff is expanding. This might be the last time that the stakes are ever this high 
in Ohio State Michigan matchup because it truly is a winner take all. And when the playoff expands to 12, it's not going to mean as much. It still will, but both teams, it's not going to knock one of them out of the playoff completely like it would now. Right. You're right. You know, if there was a 12 team playoff, both of these teams would already be in. Um, you know, they're not falling any lower than 12. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think the stakes are incredibly high. And, you know, both teams obviously looking towards the national championship. Michigan, again, two games short last year, Ohio State three games short, maybe four. And, you know, it was really disappointing for Ohio State to get run over the way they did last year. I expect them to come out with a little bit of different energy. And Michigan on the other side, you know, they don't want to lose this game. And and they know it's in Columbus. And this is an opportunity for them to make a statement that last year wasn't a fluke. They are here to stay in this rivalry now after Ohio State dominated it for so long. And it could represent a changing of the tides, I think, if Michigan's able to come out with their second straight win. It definitely can. This is a rivalry defining game it's a tenure defining game for ryan day and jim harbaugh you know harbaugh got his first win last year so we'll see what he can do on the road but for ryan day this is his third matchup with the team up north and he has to get he has to win you cannot fall to one and two given all the success you've had you're going to start getting john cooper talking i know ryan day is early in his career still but you don't want to get your tenure started at one and two against michigan when you're looking at it, and in the last three games, we've seen a young Chris Olave burst onto the scene. We've seen Garrett Wilson, Justin Fields, and then Hassan Haskins last year. Careers are made and legends are born in this game. Do you see anyone off the radar maybe that is going to just burst out on Saturday for either team? Well, I'll start with Ohio State. We've seen Marvin Harrison Jr. pretty much torch every uh, opponent he's faced all year long and you know easily could win the Bolitnikoff this year, and we'll see if that happens. But for me, that means a guy like Julian Fleming or Emeka Egbuka is going to have to step up for the Buckeyes. I mean, you know that Michigan's attention is going to be on Harrison. Uh, Ohio State still has questions in the running back room. So they're going to need one of these other receivers to step up. And they both had in the beginning of the season. But in recent weeks, you know, it's been kind of a struggle for Fleming with the drops. Egbuka has been inconsistent. So we'll see if either of them can pull it out. And then on defense for Ohio State, it seems like we have a different defensive lineman each week that has a big game, whether it's Mike Hall, JT Tuimoloa. We saw Jack Sawyer against Indiana, um, Taron Vincent. They've had a bunch of guys, Zach Harrison, of course, this year as well. They've had a bunch of guys who have been able to have those excellent games, but rarely do they seem to show up all at the same time. Now, obviously, you know, if one guy's hogging all of the attention, like, for example, JT Tuimoloa against Penn State, the other guys aren't going to have huge days, but... It'll be interesting to see who and if on the defensive line, which ones step up for Ohio State in this game, because they're going to need to win the line of scrimmage. It absolutely is. And two players I look at, and I'm not going to go off the radar with this, on defense for Ohio State, Tommy Eichenberg, he has to lead the entire defense, especially the linebackers on Saturday, because Ohio State last year, the defensive line, they didn't really win the battle in the trenches. But then the linebackers also didn't help the cause. They didn't maintain their gap integrity. They were over-pursuing. They were taking bad angles and stopping the run. And that's crucial in slowing down the Michigan offense because all they want to do is pound the ball, shorten the game, give you less possessions, and just control the clock. And so Tommy Eichenberg has to make sure that those linebackers are shooting their gaps and they're staying stout uh, on defense. And then on the other side of the ball, this goes without saying, is C.J. Stroud and if you look at the receiver stats for Ohio State, like you mentioned, Fleming struggled and Ibuka struggled in the last couple of weeks. Marvin Harrison's had almost half of the receiving production for Ohio State in the last three games. That cannot be against Michigan on Saturday because they're going to be clued in on Marvin Harrison Jr. 
And he's still going to get catches. He's still going to have production. He'll probably score a touchdown or two. But one receiver is not going to beat a team as good as Michigan. They're going to need that production for everyone else. And C.J. Stroud is going to have to be the conductor. He's going to have to take over the game and stay in control and in command of the offense. Yeah, I think that's interesting. And I want to switch gears now and ask you the same question on the Michigan side. And I guess I'll start here. Um, I really think J.J. McCarthy is going to have to win this game for them. I think Ohio State's going to sell out to defend the run and make J.J. McCarthy beat them. He hasn't shown an ability to do that yet. The passing offense has been inconsistent for them. Um, so J.J. McCarthy is going to have to have a big game and play well. And then on the defensive side, I, I really think that their secondary is going to be tested well by Ohio State as they've tested pretty much everybody. Uh, so how will Michigan's secondary hold up? I'm pretty confident that the – the running game will actually be closer than people think. Um, I don't expect Michigan to have a huge game and I expect Ohio state to just do all right as well. I, you know, I just don't think either team really explodes there, which bodes well for Ohio state, obviously with a superior passing offense. So if that holds true, I'm confident in Ohio state's chances, but interested, like I said, to see how McCarthy plays and the Michigan defensive backfield. You hit the nail on the head with both of those takes there. Offensively, JJ McCarthy is going to have to win the game. And when you compare the two rushing offenses, Michigan's had more volume in their attack, so obviously their stats are going to be a little bit better. But yards per carry, they're pretty much dead on, right about five and a half, five and three quarters a yard per carry uh, there for both teams. But J.J. McCarthy's going to have to win the game through the air because, like you said, Ohio State got burned last year on the ground. They're not letting that happen two years in a row, especially at home. So they're going to make the receivers beat them. So I think of two guys when I look at that. J.J. McCarthy's mobile. He can run. So you'll have Ronnie Bell outside. His story coming back from injury it just seems like he's due so he's a guy that i would watch he's got great speed he's got a good catch radius and then donovan edwards out of the backfield he's their running back you know alongside blake quorum there and quorum's hogged all the attention this year because he's in the heisman conversation he's one of the best backs in america but donovan edwards is that curtis samuel type where he can line up in the backfield and he can run between the tackles but he can also slip outside in the slot he can take a couple swing passes out of the backfield He's a really dynamic player that Ohio State's going to have to defend well in space. And then when you look at Michigan's defense in comparison to Ohio State's offense, the secondary is going to have their work cut out for him. There's no doubt about that. But I look at Cade Stover as being an X factor for the Buckeye offense and how Michigan also slows down that wrinkle of the Ohio State tight end because the Buckeyes have great receivers. They're going to have to at least drop four or five in coverage each play and then Ohio State at least has a formidable rushing attack so what do they do with the linebacker and how do they defend that extra piece that they've not had to defend against Ohio State in recent years yeah that's a great point actually and it kind of goes in with what I said about a book on Fleming you know somebody in the receiving game is going to have to step up whether it is one of those two wide receivers I mentioned whether it's maybe a back out of the backfield or of course Cade Stover at tight end somebody else other than Marvin Harrison is gonna have to step up for Ohio State yeah, they absolutely will. And I'm curious to see who that could be. We've had even Xavier Johnson. He's come out and he's produced through the air. He had a big touchdown against Notre Dame. And then last week he comes in at running back of all places and takes one over 70 yards to the house against Indiana. So we've had guys throughout the year in different places step up, but who's going to do it against Michigan? I look for it to be Kate Stover or Emeka Ibuka to have those big games. Julian Fleming, he'll – He'll do well, but if I'm thinking of who's going to break out, either Kate Starr is going to have a big game or it's going to be a Buka alongside Marvin Harrison Jr. 
yeah, it'll certainly be interesting to watch. And really just the question is, can Ohio State stop the run? And can Michigan score enough to keep up with them if they don't? Yeah, I mean, looking at Ohio State's defense, the front seven is the strength of it. I don't think anyone would argue that. But at the same time, Michigan's offensive line is they're nasty. They're big in the trenches, and they just control the game no matter who they're playing, it seems. And when you look at Michigan and Ohio State, we've seen Ohio State have a couple shaky quarters this year where they haven't looked like their best. And then Michigan's kind of put the same product on the field with the exception of a few quarters as well. So, I mean, they've been extremely consistent and their identity is running the football. We've seen Ohio State beat teams through the air and then we've seen them struggle to run the ball. Then we saw them last week run for 340. So what Ohio State offense is going to show up, I think it's going to be full throttle on both sides. I'm not worried about a unit staying home, but Michigan stretching the field vertically to me is the key to the game. If they start hitting a couple deep passes and they have to, and then Ohio State has to respect J.J. McCarthy throwing the ball beyond 10 to 12 yards, that's where Ohio State fans should get nervous because they have not done that consistently all year and they've not proven that they can do that. So if Michigan starts stretching the field vertically, I, I think that's going to pose trouble for Ohio State, but will they even have to try? Well, it'll be interesting, like you said, because Ohio State's cornerbacks have been pretty shaky at times this year, and you know Michigan might feel an opportunity to go ahead and take some of those shots. And like you said, if they can convert on them, that, that totally changes the defensive game plan. So interested to see if Michigan does decide to take some of those shots. Yeah, the Ohio State offense versus the Michigan defense that's that's the key to the game because we know Michigan can run the football really well. But Ohio State's offense, how are how is Ryan Day going to choose to attack this new look Michigan defense? This is not the over-pursuing, ultra-aggressive Don Brown defenses in years past that Ryan Day thrived on with short crossing routes, intermediate throws, and stre- and spacing in the field. I mean, it, it was a field day for Ohio State against those defenses in 18 and 19. So I'm really interested to see how Ryan Day chooses to attack Michigan, especially early. Is it going to be a situation like in 2006 when Jim Trestle had Ohio State come out four receivers wide and they threw the ball on every play but one going right down the field to score a touchdown? How do you think Ryan Day scripts the opening drive for Ohio State? I don't know how he's going to script it, but I think they're going to have a lot of wrinkles that we haven't seen yet this year. It seems like Day at times has run a vanilla offense, and I'm confident and expecting, and I'm sure Jim Harbaugh is too, that there's going to be some wrinkles in this offense that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, even formation-wise, Ohio State's come out in a couple bunch sets, and then they've run that end around with, or they ran the reverse with Marvin Harrison Jr. Came across, they had G. Scott lined up in the tight end position. He came in motion like it was just going to be a regular counter. They pulled the guard. So the, everything in that formation told you it's a run, and then they faked the handoff, and here comes Marvin Harrison. They pop him the ball, and he goes, right up the field for a first down and more. So I think we're going to see more wrinkles like that for sure. And we've hinted about that on the show this year, that it looked like Ryan Day knew throughout the season that he had better talent than all the teams that were playing and that they could win with a quote-unquote basic offensive attack just because of the sheer talent and speed that they have. So I expect to see some wrinkles as well. Yeah, and I think Jim Harbaugh might have some wrinkles as well there on that offense. I don't expect him to do the same thing he's done. And I think Ohio State, again, is going to sell out for the run, and and Michigan's going to have to find a way to get the ball down the field. Yeah, so I I wonder if if Michigan's going to come out and just really try to force the issue with running the football, or if they're going to try to line up and spread Ohio State out at first, hit a couple early short throws, 
and then start trying to run the football. So Jim Harbaugh's approach and Ryan Day's approach, it's going to be really interesting to see the chess match on Saturday between these two offenses because they attack you in such different ways, but they're both super efficient and elite at what they do in their strengths. And that's Ohio State throwing the football and Michigan running the football. So what are your position matchups to watch in this game? I've already said it earlier. I think it'll be Ohio State's wide receivers against Michigan's defensive backs. I think that's a big one. I think Ohio State, like I've said several times now, Julian Fleming and Emeka Buka are going to have to make plays. And then I think it's the Ohio State defensive line against Michigan's offensive line. I think the both units have played really well this year, and it'll be interesting to see which one comes out on top. Um, and finally, I think uh, J.J. McCarthy – and Tommy Eichenberg is going to be a good one because Eichenberg is going to have to read McCarthy and see how he's kind of doing things early in the game and get his defense set. And, you know, he's, he's really the free man on this Ohio state defense and he's in charge of getting all the other guys lined up. So that matchup also the deception on both sides will be key. Yeah. We saw Tommy Eichenberg come on as the season went on last year and in the Rose Bowl, it really culminated. I think he had 17 tackles. He's going to need another game just like that, where he steps up, and he takes over on defense, and he keeps J.J. McCarthy in check. He, Ohio State cannot allow – they can't try to stop the run, and then Michigan starts throwing the ball, and then J.J. McCarthy starts beating him with his legs. That can't happen. So I like what you said there. I think that's perfect, that Tommy Eckenberg versus J.J. McCarthy, that chess match will also be key. And as, as we look at the game and we just come back to the stakes of it, the Big Ten East is on the line. A trip to Indianapolis is on the line. Heisman Trophy implications, arguably the winner of this game, their star, C.J. Stroud or Blake Corum, is going to win the Heisman Trophy, in my opinion anyway, more likely for C.J. Stroud than Blake Corum. But I, I still think the winning team, their star, is going to win the Heisman Trophy. And then a college football playoff berth is on the line. This is the highest stakes that it's ever been, and do you think that the stakes will ever be this high again, given the nature of how college football is changing? And I know the Big Ten's been debating doing away with divisions next year or the year after when USC and UCLA come to town, which opens the door for teams playing in back-to-back -back weeks. So all things considered, I don't think the stakes will ever be this high again unless they end up with a playoff rematch in a national championship game. Yeah, you said it. That's exactly right. That's the only way that the stakes would be higher is if they met in a playoff game. Um yeah, I think this, this one really matters to both sides and, you know, different reasons. Michigan wants to establish that they're here to stay and Ohio State wants to get things back on track and cement themselves in the playoff this year with a chance to play for a national championship. So really big implications on both sides, and it's going to be a hard-fought game for whoever wins. They will deserve it. it. It is going to be an absolute war on Saturday. And as the Big Ten's changing like that, and, like, if they do decide to go away with divisions – and Ohio State and Michigan end up playing in back-to-back -back weeks. Are you in favor of a move like that? I think it would water down the rivalry because you put so much into the matchup the first time. And again, if you get that matchup in the postseason, that's different because it's in the postseason. But two in back-to-back -back weeks like that where it's kind of quote-unquote manufactured, that would seem like you're watering down that matchup to me. Yeah, I, I think there's two ways to look at this, right? One is that it probably won't happen every year, right? I mean, just based off math and adding two right. programs in that have a chance to, you know, make their way in. It probably won't happen every year, but it would be really disappointing if it did. I wouldn't want to see him play back-to-back -back weeks. That's just not what it's about. No, it's about once a year. This game is a tradition. It happens at the same time every year, just like most 
traditions. It's ingrained in that Midwestern culture. You're grown, you grow up in this rivalry game. You know it's once a year. It used to be the third Saturday in November. And then since the Big Ten added a championship game, now it's pushed to the Saturday after Thanksgiving. It is a tradition to play one time a year. And then in 06, that was the only other time they could have met in the postseason where they argued since Ohio State was one, Michigan was two, they should just have a rematch in the national championship. When they get an expanded playoff, maybe that happens again. But I don't see a reason why the Big Ten should do away with divisions like that and just even have the opportunity for the two teams to meet in back-to-back weeks. Yeah, you know, this, this, let's just enjoy this one while we can. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it for sure. But can both teams make the college football playoff? I think TCU holds the keys here to chaos. We mentioned that on the show last week. And if they lose, it opens the door for that loser to happen. Now, I think losing-wise, Ohio State would have a better argument than Michigan because of their resume, especially the non-conference schedule. But do you think both teams can make the college football playoffs still? Yes. If TCU loses, they both should, in my opinion. I, I Tennessee is a great team, but you know Ohio State and Michigan, with one loss just being to the other, and I think it would be really, really hard to leave leave them out, especially if, if this ends up being a close game. You know, if it's you know more along the lines of Tennessee, Georgia, then maybe you know you have an argument for Tennessee there. But uh, if it's a close game, and and I don't see any reason why both teams don't deserve it, I would still think that the loser is one of the four best teams in America if it was a close game. Un- undoubtedly and unequivocally is the word the selection committee uses. I think these are two of the four best teams in the country, regardless of the outcome on Saturday. They should both get a shot in the college football playoff, and it is going to be interesting watching the TCU, Tennessee, USC, Clemson drama all unfold and the final two weeks here. But I, I honestly do think both teams should be in the college football playoff on paper, the eye test, your football judgment. Everything tells you that these are two of the best four teams in the country. And if you look back historically in recent years, this matchup, when they meet as top three opponents, Ohio State in 06, 42 to 39. And then in 2016, two versus three, Ohio State wins 30 to 27. It's going to be a close game if history tells us anything. And if that is the case, they have to put both teams in. Yeah, I agree. And I think it will follow that trend and be a close game. So excited to see what happens and and looking forward to the committee's reaction in the week after. Absolutely. So now let's get into the pick here. We're going to do this without the spread. I just want to get your score and your winner here. Who's going to win this colossal showdown in Columbus? I think Ohio State wins 34 to 27. I think they stopped the run just enough. I like that number two. I like Ohio State 38 to 30 in this game. I think it's going to be an absolute war. Ohio State does stop the run. Michigan hits a couple plays, but I think Ohio State by and large stops the run and they get a score that's not on offense. Mm. So either on defense or special teams, it feels like one of those games, one of those big moments seem to happen when you have these big matchups. I think Ohio State does not get an offensive touchdown for one of those scores. Interesting. Wow. Well, will it be you got to pick defense or special teams. I'm going to say defense. Okay. Give me a Tommy Eckenberg pick six. Again, second one. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big Tommy guy. He's going to earn his tree in Buckeye Grove in this game. Okay. Well, we have all the bold predictions here on Saturday. Plates. Absolutely. But man, Dave, I'm really looking forward to this matchup. I cannot wait. A lot of nervous energy on it. It's going to be the game of the year. 
I think it's going to unseat. I don't know if it unseats Tennessee and Alabama because of the drama and Tennessee hasn't been a relevant program for so long and Michigan and Ohio state both have, but I think it has game of the year implications for sure. Absolutely. It's going to be a good one. Looking forward to uh, Saturday after Thanksgiving and uh, happy Thanksgiving to everyone listening out there. Enjoy the holiday and enjoy some great football. Absolutely guys. This will be the most watched college football game of the season by a wide margin. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening and enjoy Ohio state versus Michigan and rivalry week. This has been the Saturday cadence podcast. We'll see you next week.